Are you ready to take your leadership and your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate, evolve, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world. And you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of Metcalf & Associates and the Innovative Leadership Institute. I work with leaders and their organizations to identify the trends that will most likely disrupt their business and develop business strategies and business and leadership practices to leverage those trends to create strategic advantage. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organizations. I'm also an adjunct faculty member in university in the U.S. and Germany. We talk about the rate of change we see in our world, and according to Ray Kurzweil, we anticipate 20,000 times the rate of technology change in this century than we saw in the last century. As leaders, this means that we need to continue to update how we lead, actually changing our leadership mindset and behaviors to ensure that we can transform the organizations we lead. Truly effective leaders continue to innovate who they are and what they do so that they can run successful organizations in the long term. Today, I am delighted that we are in the studio with Linda Patton. Linda is a leadership expert, successful entrepreneur, and gifted communicator. She's trained thousands of women and men to step into their natural leadership roles, build successful teams, and achieve their vision for a better world. With leadership experience spanning the military, corporate, entrepreneurial, and nonprofit arenas, Linda is uniquely qualified to guide women on a journey of self-discovery, skills development, and charting a course toward becoming an empowered, world-changing leader. Linda founded the Dare to Lead Leadership Training. She is also an international speaker. She's an international best-selling author and the creator of the book and program, The Art of Herding Cats, Leading Teams of Leaders. From her belief that great movements start with a single idea, Linda's vision is for every woman who is passionate about creating change in the world to grow their idea into a full-bodied movement. So I want this Voice America show for each listener to create the opportunity to try a new behavior or change a mindset every week. So as we talk about innovating how we lead, my hope is that we don't wait until we are depreciated as leaders to start innovating, but that we do it on a daily basis because it takes a lot of work. So the outcome of this show is really to focus on empowerment. So Linda's going to define empowerment for us and talk about what are some of the skills and how do we get there and how do we become more effective as leaders because we empower others and also when is empowerment not the appropriate approach. So in some cases it is absolutely the right answer and in other cases probably not Mm -hmm. during a fire drill as an example. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, Linda, welcome. And can you give us a little bit more of a background before we shift into empowerment? Oh, well, well, Maureen, first of all, thank you so very much for asking me to be on the show. This is absolutely amazing. And it, it's great to be here in the studio here in Columbus, Ohio. Um, it's so special to actually be able to see you. Background. Uh, I've always been a leader, even when I didn't know that I was. Um, so I, I sat in that reluctant leader place for a long time. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was just doing my job, that it wasn't really leading. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in the military, you don't necessarily think about being a leader. And it wasn't until I was in a workshop about five, six years ago, and I had somebody walk up to me after an exercise, and she said, you know, I thought you lead us in that exercise. It's what I expect of you. Interesting. That I sort of sat back and I went, why would you expect that of me? That I started looking back at my career and where I had been and what I had done and what I was doing currently and getting a real sense of, you know, there was a heck of a lot of leadership in all of that. Uh, you know, even in the military, you go, well, he, at that point, I was a lowly first lieutenant mm-hmm. and I'm working for a four star general. And you go, well, there's no leadership there. And then I realized that. I led him everywhere he had to go because we had the schedule, we developed it, we created his menus, I had his VIP quarters, and Mm -hmm. he did whatever we told him to do, which is really kind of amazing. So I I really didn't get into my leadership and really owning it, stepping in, stepping up, stepping out, and owning it for probably the last five years. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And you've had a long and very successful career. Absolutely. I retired from the military as a major, and I you know, was a corporate VP in a bank. And, of course, they always say, you know, here's 20 cents, here's two dozen VPs, because mm-hmm. they're all over the place. But I ran the training departments for two major uh, banks and until one of them got merged with another major bank, at which point I said, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. And I mm-hmm. went out on my own formed a company that actually did what we used to call multi-association management. Basically, we worked with professional associations doing all of their office work. Mm. So everything from soup to nuts. So we brought people into the organization. We carried them through. We sent all their communications. And then when it was time for them to leave, you know, they decided they were out or whatever. Um, We took care of that. But we also did all their conferences and conventions. So the only piece of that that I've continued on with is the convention and conference piece. And I still have one client who has four conventions a year that we manage. And another place where... I don't necessarily see the leadership. It's it's all about my client. I stand behind the curtain and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And yet, we are the leading force for their conferences. And that mm-hmm. was a real breakthrough for me as well. Interesting. And thank you for sharing your personal story because the mindset piece is so important. It is. It's very, very important. Um, if, if you don't own it, it never happens. You you can be doing it, but you'll never see it as a part of you and as a strength that you have as a leader. And people may also not see it in you Correct. if you don't see it in you. Yeah. Yeah. So let's shift to empowerment. What is empowerment to you? Maureen, I love to define empowerment a couple different ways. First of all, I love Bill Gates's quote, 
And I also think it's very funny because he starts the quote with, in the next century. And I sit there and go, okay. Oh, he's talking in the 1900s. Uh-huh. Um, uh, <laughs> no, and he's, ta- and he's talking about the 2000s. Yeah. yeah. And he says that the effective leaders will be those who empower others. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really powerful statement. And for me, it's giving the people the skills, the resources, the authority, the opportunities, the motivation, mm-hmm. while holding them accountable and responsible for their results. Perfect. Because I, I'm thinking, actually, I worked with a military client years ago, and empowerment was just the new thing back then, the buzzword. Mm-hmm. And the fear that if we empower people, they're going to just run off and do crazy stuff. Oh, yeah. So adding the accountability and responsibility, it's not me as the leader abdicating. Exactly. It's listening to their voice, integrating it versus the the old school just command mm-hmm. and, and control, but weaving together more input, but I still own the outcome. Exactly. Exactly. In, in some respects, there's that delegation piece, mm-hmm. which is something that I think leaders and managers and, and most people have difficulty with is, uh, you know, how much do I give up? How much do I give to them? And, and I think um, Ankanen said it really well with, with his whole monkey analogy that, you know, you, you've delegated to somebody, you've given them the monkey, the mm-hmm. thing that they're responsible for, and they're having trouble with it. So they bring it back to you. So the monkey's mm-hmm. still sitting on their shoulder, but what they really want to do is leave the monkey with you the mm-hmm. boss mm-hmm. and and be done with it and the worst case scenario is the employee thinks that they've given you the monkey and you think they've kept the monkey and the monkey's sitting in the middle of the floor and nothing's happening so whatever that responsibility was isn't going anywhere mm-hmm. and so making sure that there is a clear dialogue between the two mm-hmm. as to don't come to me with a problem without a solution mm-hmm. And I'm a firm believer in that. Uh, you, you can't dump that monkey on me. I, I want to work with you to make sure that we have a nourished monkey and you can send, send the employee with his monkey back out to actually complete the work and that kind of thing. And yet many of us don't learn those skills. No. There's a couple of things that I, I find very interesting in leading and managing, for that matter, that we tend to hire people who are like us. And so they have the same skill sets, they have the same desires, oftentimes they actually look like you, and that kind of thing. And you're always fighting for the same resources, you're fighting for the same projects, you're fighting for the same pieces of work, because you have the same strengths, you have exactly the same strengths, rather than hiring people who are not like you, who I like to say, complete you or complement But they're harder you. to work with. I agree, yeah. but they're harder to work with. They're harder to work with, and that's where the empowerment comes in, mm-hmm. is you empower them to use their genius mm-hmm. to accomplish the work that mm-hmm. needs to be happen. And you, as the leader, have to be willing to step back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that step away from the... <laughs> step away from the problem. <laughs> yeah, um, and really letting them use their genius in such a way that you get the results that you're looking for, and you'll get better results faster when you use people where they're in their genius rather than struggling to make that happen. Mm-hmm. The whole delegation thing, it, it seems so rudimentary to leadership, mm-hmm. but even some of the most accomplished leaders pull back things they care about. 
Well, yeah. I mean, in a lot of cases, you know, you're 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 leading the same group of people that you were part of at one time, mm-hmm. and so you know them, you know their strengths, you know their weaknesses, that kind of thing. But where you're comfortable is doing the stuff that you did when you were on the team, mm-hmm. and you're not comfortable with increasing the amount of time and effort that you put into leading. Mm-hmm. And so you fall back on what you're comfortable with. And at that point, you're fighting you're fighting the people in your team. You can't delegate to them because I have to hold on to this because I'm comfortable with it. And, oh, my God, what would I do if, if, if I wasn't doing this? You know, I think I, that's the yeah, big piece. Yeah. I, I am important because... I'm the best at or I'm good mm-hmm. at or I love doing this thing. And if I have to give it up, then what? Well, and you also get the, the dichotomy of, of I can do it faster, quicker, easier, mm-hmm. more efficiently, probably better than anyone else. And if I have to train somebody to do that, that's a waste of my time. And yet in the long run, you as the manager or leader need to give up those things. You need mm-hmm. to increase the amount of time you spend in leading and managing and reduce the amount of time of doing the work. And you have to get to that place or you're not going to be successful. You're going to burn mm-hmm. yourself out and your team's going to walk away from you. And I think that's the power too, is that if you don't bring people on who compliment you and you're always fighting, they will lead. Also, if you stay in that command role, that's another place where they won't hang around. They won't put up mm-hmm. with it. They don't like being told as though they were brand new. These are experienced people who, who know their work. Mm-hmm. Ask, be curious, mm-hmm. not command. So then the why is empowering others such a key skill, what I heard is... You hire smart people, they want to do the job. That's yeah. where they're fulfilled in their work and they're engaged. And absent that fulfillment, sense of purpose, engagement, mm-hmm. especially in an environment, at least in the U.S. and globally in some sectors, we're pretty close to full employment. Mm-hmm. People, people do leave. And oh, yeah. they leave bad managers and leaders. Bad as in there are better opportunities elsewhere mm-hmm. To feel like I'm contributing yes, and feel engaged. Exactly. So empowerment seems like it's a strong connection to employee engagement, mm-hmm. which drives productivity. Right, exactly. And it's really allowing them to, to stretch and grow. Uh, I think part of empowerment is not only um, you know, just giving them some freedom to be able to solve the problems and all that, mm-hmm. but it's also growth. It's experience. What are the experiences that you want to have in mm-hmm. this job. I mean, you came in with a certain skill set. What else do you want to learn? What else do you want to experience? And really be being open to providing those kinds of experiences. Because I think that's another place where we lose people is mm-hmm. they get bored. I mean, I'm doing the same thing every day that I've always done. It's almost widget work. Mm-hmm. And they want that creativity. They want that collaboration. They want mm-hmm. to be able to expand. Um, I'll, I'll tell you an old story. Um, I had a colleague who was an operations officer in the, in the branch, and I said, so how do you empower the people on, on like your teller line? You know, this mm-hmm. is your basic walk-in-the-door kind of person so that they're more valuable mm-hmm. to the bank. And she said, I've created a box. It's a learning box, and they 
can, if they're done early and they they've balanced out, they can come and pick a report out of the box. Mm-hmm. And if it's one that they don't know, there's there's information on the back as to how to do that job. They get a chance to go do it. They can ask questions, but they mm-hmm. they get a chance to go do it. They come back. They get a check off when they've done it right, and they now have a new skill. So my her tellers are were the ones that were most often promoted. Mm. into new jobs throughout the bank. And she would encourage them to apply for a new job. You have enough skills to be able to do this job. Apply for it. So she wasn't the type of manager that goes, oh, my God, I can't, the iron fist. I can't let go of these people. I need them. She never wanted her employees to ever feel like they were indispensable. I love that that story and the idea. When we talk about the vibrancy framework, one of the ones I really like, one of the key factors is I know – my people, I know where they where they aspire to be, mm-hmm. and I create opportunities for them to move to their aspiration, mm-hmm. and that again creates a sense of commitment because they're they are growing and developing, and I want to stay engaged where I'm growing and developing. And and I think that also ties in with vision. Mm-hmm. You know, not only does the corporation or the company need to have a vision. And the leader needs to have a vision, but so do all the people who are working for you. And mm-hmm. then it's a question of how do we align all those visions in such a way that we're all marching in the same direction. I have a, a fantastic photo of a pride of lions. They're obviously mm-hmm. in captivity because you can see the fence and mm-hmm. they're in snow. But they are all focused on the photographer. And so all of those eyes are on that camera. Wow. And they're all walking in that same direction. It is the most powerful picture I have ever seen. And that's the type of team and company that that I have currently mm-hmm. with the people who work for me. I no longer have people who disappear or mm-hmm. are one and done kinds of clients because I've moved from command to that more curious, asking, empowering type of leader and being able to do that for my clients as well as for my team. And it's a really tight team because of it. Thank you. You are listening to Maureen Metcalf and Linda Patton, and we will be right back to talk a little bit more about empowerment. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Metcalf & Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf & Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. 
The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. You're with Maureen Metcalf and Linda Patton, and we are talking about empowerment. Before break, Linda was telling us about how her organization is much more tightly aligned, as are her clients. So can you tell us a little bit about that shift for you? What was it like, and what did you have to change? Well, as I said, Maureen, I actually went through the stage uh, where, because I came out of command. Mm -hmm. Um, I was both in the military and in corporate, and it's like, because you have positional and a rank authority, Mm -hmm. people have to listen to what you say. Now, true, they can always leave, but it's more... Mm -hmm. It's more challenging for them to do that. In the entrepreneurial world, when you're working with independent contractors, it's it's real easy for them to say, I'm done. And literally, I had people disappearing on me. So I had to look at me Mm -hmm. as to what was I not doing and what hadn't I brought in um you know i was i was inspirational i thought um (laughs) and and i thought you know i thought i was involving them and empowering them and all that and in in talking to myself and really looking at the art of hurting cats leading teams of leaders it was really clear that while i had a vision i was not interested in what their vision was ah I wasn't interested in where they were going, what they wanted to do. I just was interested in telling them what what needed to happen. So part of it was learning to ask questions, learning to be curious about them, Mm -hmm. and to use my own steps in a way that would really empower them. Okay. And to get to the accomplishments and the contribution and, and happy people mm-hmm. by, first of all, going, so what do you want to accomplish? What does your vision look like for, for the next three years? Where do you see yourself? Where do you see yourself at the end of this year? And really getting a clear picture of that and then being able to work together to see, okay, how does, how does that align so that the company is moving in, in, a, 
direction and you're moving with it. Mm-hmm. And that was really, really critical. The second thing I looked at is what motivates them. Because as you know, I can't motivate them. That's right. an internal thing. And knowing what were the things that they wanted to see happen? What did they want to learn? What did they want to do? Mm-hmm. How did they want to stretch and grow mm-hmm. was really, really important in helping aligning their vision to what we were doing. Because at that point, then I could look at, well, what do I need to teach you? What mm-hmm. what experiences do I want to grab from you? What's your genius? And how can I use that to move us all forward? And that's been so powerful. We, we do at least a once a month team call. Mm-hmm. because we're sort of all over the place. Mm-hmm. My VA is in Arizona. My copy editor is in Oakland, which isn't that far away. We do meet now and then face-to-face. Well, and people and then, don't know where you are. You're in... I'm in Walnut Creek. I'm outside of San Francisco. Okay. Um, and, and the great thing about Oakland is you have a view of San Francisco. Uh, so, <laughs> and then I have a colleague who's down in Los Angeles. She's my webmaster, and she does all my technology and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we don't get together that very much. We, we're on Zoom and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So... I needed a way to understand what do I need to do as the leader mm-hmm. to ensure that they feel empowered and that they feel they have control over mm-hmm. their life mm-hmm. and that I'm not telling them what to do. That they actually, in a lot of cases, are telling me what needs to happen next and what contribution do I need to make to them to be able to make them geniuses. And that's been really, really powerful. I do the same thing with my clients. I want to know... What's your vision of this engagement mm-hmm. that we're going to do together? Where do you see yourself at the end of our contract mm-hmm. as far as your leadership is concerned, your movement's concerned? Because mm-hmm. now I'm working with women to help them grow that movement, that, that change that they want to see in the mm-hmm. world mm-hmm. And, and that kind of thing. So that's, that's a whole different look-see at things. And that's been really, really powerful. And they're happy. So my inspirational pieces are still great, but now I'm working towards their motivation. What mm-hmm. do they want to get out? Mm-hmm. And, and how can I make sure that I'm empowering them to see their vision in December and then three years beyond? Yeah, we do, and, and I do this personally now. Every weekend we do this kind of imagine thing. So mm-hmm. the John Lennon, imagine a world, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And we'll pick a topic. And usually it's while we're walking, so I'm a 10,000-step kind of militant person. So it gives me a while to have a conversation. And just imagine what what does your business look like in this part? How do you feel physically five years from now, 10 years from now, when you're 100? And, and then that kind of, if I imagine, if at one point I had a mantra, looking and feeling great at 88. That means I have to do stuff now. Yes. Right, I can't wait till yes. I'm 87. So <laughs> taking the imagination, but pulling the thread through mm-hmm. to how does it change my life today? Right. If anything were possible, yes. What, what would what would you create? And I, I have, uh, especially my my clients, write a vision letter, okay, to themselves, dated at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. So where do you see yourself? And we look at. Hopefully I can remember all seven. Seven different aspects of life. So you talked about health, Mm -hmm. um, spirituality, Mm -hmm. finances, personal development, your business, your family. And I can't remember the seven foot. But all of those. Mm -hmm. So the vision letter says, and and I have a colleague who uses the the image of a um, beach ball. Because of the because because of the the 
aspects of it. And so do you want your beach ball to, to be, be flat. fully, <laughs> fully inflated mm-hmm. so that you're working in all seven areas mm-hmm. in order to make your, your life mm-hmm. whole? Is there an area where it's deflated? You know, the, the whole ball isn't deflated, but this one area is just really, really like health. You know, are you out walking those 10,000 mm-hmm. steps? What are you doing to be healthy at 88? And how can you beef that up? And then is it deflated? Is it totally flat? Oh, or is it lopsided? Yeah. Is one side flat? Yeah. So you're, you want to look at all of those and really see mm-hmm. how can I create this fully inflated beach ball at the end of the year? What will that look like? And that's really powerful. So that then ties into empowerment in mm-hmm. that as the leader, I now know what my people care about. Exactly. And we are now collectively responsible for moving the business and the humans mm-hmm. forward so that we all accomplish our vision. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes that vision, maybe they want to leave. And that's th- totally okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I never wanted people to stay, outstay their welcome. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mean me welcoming but them feel, feeling welcome and, and really needing to go someplace else because there are experiences that they want that I can't give them. Mm-hmm. And I'm real clear about that. You know, when we get to a place where you've learned everything you think you can here mm-hmm. and, and you still have more that you want to experience and you want to learn, mm-hmm. let me help you find a place to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm really, I also empower them that I can help them find a job. Mm-hmm. That it's it's not... They have to leave and then mm-hmm. go looking for something. You know, stay yeah. with me until you find the perfect position, mm-hmm. and then we'll transition you out. Mm-hmm. And that's also been real helpful. Yeah, because yeah, I'm thinking there are some roles that aren't going to grow. I need a bookkeeper, mm-hmm. and there will always be bookkeeper things generating invoices, input yeah. to taxes, and for someone who wants to grow beyond that, then I have to replace. Right, I, and that's okay. Or they want to do it for a bigger organization. Mm-hmm. They want the complexities of an organization that maybe has eight branches mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing. And it's not something I'm not I'm going to have. Mm-hmm. So yes, I would definitely you know, find a way to transition them out into, mm-hmm. into a way to make that happen. Mm-hmm. There are some roles that our organization is too small to have a career path within the mm-hmm. company. It, it has to be external. And my daughter, I, I remember this so clearly, she uh, interviewed for a position. She was an, an executive assistant. And they were real clear in the interview, there is no job path. There's no career path mm-hmm. from this job. And she's, okay, so what you're telling me is that you don't expect me to be here for more than three years. And the answer was absolutely yes. So nice to confirm that yeah. up front rather than feel trapped. Exactly. Or the fact that you had to find something else in the organization. You maybe had to move someplace mm-hmm. in order to be able to see what might be the next step. And I thought that was that was extremely powerful. You know, if you want to be here more than three years, you're going to be doing the same stuff over and over again. And back to that kind of I, the idea of agreements. This mm-hmm. is our agreement. Exactly. Right? There is no expectation for you to stay here forever. And often we feel trapped because we don't see the possibility that other mm-hmm. people see. Well, and, and Maureen, as we also talked about, you know, the, the whole sense of being indispensable. You know, you've done the job so well, and you've become the, almost that right hand mm-hmm. to a boss. And it's like, I couldn't possibly let you go. I can't have you move on to a, a, a higher position or a different position mm-hmm. or whatever, because what would I do? So it's that selfishness mm-hmm. of 
I've empowered you to learn everything you mm-hmm. can, but now I can't get rid of you. I, I can't. I can't. I can't move <laughs> can't you along. Can't allow you to leave. Yeah. 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 Well, and interestingly, and I'm coming at it from a slightly different direction. That I wonder how often people stay because they think the boss needs them, mm-hmm. and the boss would be willing to let them go, even though it would be hard. But I assume that I'm indispensable, and I like to be indispensable, yeah. and I give up growth. Because I like to feel indispensable. And it's also safe. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to learn something new. I don't have to have mm-hmm. that um, that sense of, of uh, to me, it's excitement. But for mm-hmm. some people, it's fear terror. And, and terror <laughs> that I'm going to go off someplace else and I'm going to have to learn something new. And, and, and that I kind could of, fail. So, yeah, I, or I could succeed wildly yeah. and that would be just <laughs> as bad. Uh, so I agree with you. I, I, th- I think that there are two ways, but. I would say the majority of the folks who've become that right hand, and you see mm-hmm. it in TV, mm-hmm. you know, um, the, the executive assistant or whatever mm-hmm. who, you know, knows the well. It was Radar in in Mash, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that that kind of person um, who really almost has control. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I ha- I think this is really sort of funny. Um, we used to do a, a political conference in Washington, D.C., and we had lunch generally with one of our congresspeople, be it senator mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. Congress, uh person, and we were looking at HR-related bills. So he, he or she would come in with their staffers, mm-hmm. and we sit down, we have lunch, and then afterwards, it was, he'd give a little presentation, and then he'd ask us if we have any questions. Well, inevitably, we had questions about bills mm-hmm. that he was he had put up Which or whatever. the whole reason you're there, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the whole reason we're there. And the last one we saw, we asked the question, and the guy turned to his staffer and he said, so what was that bill, and where do we stand on that? And I thought, how bizarre. You don't even know. And I know they have a whole lot of other things on mm-hmm. their mind, but mm-hmm. coming into a pre- into an environment like this, you mm-hmm. knew you were going to be asked these questions. And they were the ones who were, they, literally, they were the ones who were answering the questions, not, not our congressperson. And we were all appalled, hmm. to say the least, that in essence, you didn't prepare and you relied mm-hmm. on the people around you. And yet, our conversation is saying that's empowerment, right? It is. I think what would have been more empowering was to say to that staffer ahead of time, "Tell me what I need to know." Mm. And if I if if they ask something mm-hmm. that I don't mm-hmm. know or, or we mm-hmm. get really in depth, I'll turn to you. Mm-hmm. The staffer was shocked. Oh, so it wasn't. It wasn't like, like this is bill is no bills, bills are the lead on this. Mm-hmm. It was oh, like, interesting. Someone tell me what we're doing with this bill. Hmm. He didn't even know which of his staffers was the one who'd written the bill. Oh goodness! Because if you position it properly, oh, yeah, it's, it sounds like I'm a good leader. Yeah, somebody's doing this full time, mm-hmm. and somebody else is doing something else full time, and I can't know all of it, so that's why they're here. Right. And even if he'd said, you know, I've got so many bills that I'm responsible for, mm-hmm. I don't know them all in detail, but like you said, Bill knows. I have my expertise. So, yeah, and that's why I brought them. But he did not do that. Because that feels empowering. Yes, absolutely. You own this, and I trust you. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and that's exactly how it sounded like. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm the figurehead, and they're the ones who are doing all the work. Well, and growing up in D.C., that is, those legislative aides and mm-hmm. things, they, they really were crazy busy. Oh, they do. And they, yeah. they did run a lot of things, not to minimize the important work that our elected representatives do. But right. 
it, it was interesting how much the staffers did. Yeah, a, a lot of the background stuff and the mm-hmm. elite research and, and all that to be clear what the bill mm-hmm. is, what are we adding to the bill that really mm-hmm. shouldn't be there but is, you know, and that all of that information. Yeah. Well, and that all happens while the representatives are in session, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So I don't know that there's any way one could know. I think I'm not on top of my life often. I can't imagine a role like that where mm-hmm. we're... Other than the briefings that you do, mm-hmm. right? if you do a, a daily morning briefing, mm-hmm. then to me, you can be much more on top of what's mm-hmm. going on, where are the crises, where are yeah. the problems, yeah. here's here's what I recommend as a solution, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, rather than not knowing. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I hear I yeah. hear your point. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm off on a slightly different tangent, mm-hmm. and I realize it's a tangent. So one of the things I think we're hitting on is what makes empowering others such a challenge for a leader? Why do we fail to do that? And we've talked about I I derive my sense of meaning by owning mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. or I just don't have the skills. The monkey's now sitting in the middle of the room. I haven't graciously given it back. So some skill, some mindset. What else? Ooh. In this, I would say in this world today, mm-hmm. there is so much going on. I mean, you, you referenced the fact of how busy you are. Mm-hmm. I think in a lot of respects, we get, we almost silo. Mm-hmm. We get to a place where I'm doing what I'm doing and I'm not looking out. Because it's scary to look out. One more thing and I'm going to just explode. I mean, that's an overstatement, but there are days I just don't want to check email because I, I'm so overly stretched. Mm-hmm. I haven't talked to anyone who says I don't have enough to do. <laughs> Like, in a long time. Yeah. So, very few people at the leadership level are saying, I'm bored. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely not. And with things changing as quickly as they are today as well, you know, within the first 20 minutes, you know, your life could have changed in 15 different ways or more. And so, you're right. Looking out there Mm -hmm. is scarier than just sort of. Let's just let's just stay <laughs> let's just stay here, um, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I think that's a lot of why we're not seeing as much empowerment and why it's why it was something that Bill Gates would quote at the mm-hmm. end of the, at the end of the century was that this is the key. It really is moving people into a place where they mm-hmm. have more. I almost want to say control mm-hmm. over their job and their life and what they do and how they contribute to your business. Well, and one can argue, and I'm working on this, that if I handed off more and empowered people more, I would be less overwhelmed. So one could ask why I'm doing the interviewing here. (laughs) (laughs) But but that is true. Mm -hmm. Um, If I could do this, if I I could take all that off my plate, I Mm -hmm. actually have a colleague um, who you know well, Rebecca Hall Greider, Mm -hmm. who talks about the 24-hour plate and all the stuff that you put on that plate, and it gets to a place where the plate's full, and you need to begin taking things off because you can't add anything new. So if you're in the type of business where you're innovating and you're mm-hmm. creating new yeah, stuff, tough. you've got to take stuff off your plate. And I am right now, but it, I keep adding all, more. I was going <laughs> to say, you've got all sorts of new stuff that's coming that, yeah. you know, you, you sit there and you go, I want to do this, 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 this. I, I, you know, I, I want to have a, a certification program. I want to have a social foundation where mm-hmm. you know, the money that I make goes, goes off into grants to 
other women who want to you know get into politics or, or mm-hmm. want to grow a leadership or whatever it might be and i'm going but i have to do this first to, to, to be able bills, to get the, yeah. To, yeah to generate the money to exactly. create the foundation yeah exactly and so you know i've i've got big plans but got to do yeah. what's on the plate right now yeah and time phase yes in fact, I just did a spreadsheet to look at everything I have on my plate and what I'm, how I'm moving it through the process, and it, it was not encouraging. Yes, my uh, VA keeps it keeps track of all the projects that we have mm-hmm. and where they are in process, and it's scary. And yet, this is it's the it's, reality we've chosen. No mm-hmm. one did this. No, no. So on that uplifting note. <laughs> Um, We will go to break. This is Linda Patton, Maureen Metcalf, talking about empowerment. And not from the perspective of this silver bullet, but we're all struggling with balancing, innovating, and empowering, and getting things done, and keeping people aligned. And it's an ongoing dynamic. Mm -hmm. So we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Metcalf & Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf & Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf and Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-294. 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. 
You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. So welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. You are listening to Linda Patton and Maureen Metcalf, and we're talking about empowerment. So now as we enter the final segment, let's talk about the essential skills needed to empower others. So we've talked around these. What's Mm -hmm. the list? The list has to do with, do you know, like, and trust them? And do they trust you? Do they know, like, and trust you? Because without that, they're not going to continue to do the work for you, and they're not going to do the, the quality of work that you're looking for. So it's really building that trust. Mm-hmm. And as, as we talked about, Covey says that change moves at the speed of trust. So if your people don't trust you and you don't trust them, then the changes that you want to make in your business aren't going to happen either uh, because you'll get basically stuck in the mud because of it. So let's spend a minute or two on how do you build trust? I think most people think they know, but I'm curious. I think trust in a lot of ways has to do with, do you do what you say you're going to do? Mm -hmm. So when you say you're going to empower somebody to be, you're going to give them an experience, Mm -hmm. you have to give them that experience. Mm -hmm. And you have to give them the full experience. Consistently. Consistently. And it's easy to lose trust it's harder to build trust Mm -hmm. so trust is over the long haul and you have to understand that that you have to be in integrity Mm -hmm. you have to do what you say you're going to do your word has to be pure um, and you can't can't muck with them Mm -hmm. it's it's just really that simple Mm -hmm. because as soon as you do something that violates that trust you start all over again or, or, or you started leave. a deficit yeah because now you've broken trust exactly and so i think that's that's really the key around that is do what you say you're going to do okay sounds easy but it's not well because things change i'll say i'm yeah. going to do something I, I was a board chair of something and i said we're not going to bring this to a vote at a certain meeting and then it became apparent that we needed to do it and we needed to do it then because we had a crisis I was mm-hmm. unaware of. Yes. I didn't do what I said. I did what I needed to do, but I I know one of our board members thought I lacked complete integrity. Well, and, and there's also that sense of you didn't tell them why. I did tell them why, but it didn't yeah. matter cause they, yeah, because, because they, I said we weren't going to do this. Yeah. And uh, on a black and white level, mm-hmm. I was untruthful. Yes. Not intentionally. But as things change, mm-hmm. and in some cases, it's just asking the question, like, based on X, Y, Z, it would mm-hmm. be apparent that this vote is not one we should have right now. Mm-hmm. Tell me how you all feel about that. And and really, in, again, it's involving mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's getting their their say on it mm-hmm. before you make a unilateral decision, mm-hmm. because that's command. Mm-hmm. Make a unilateral decision that says, this is what we're going to do, and then having to deal with Mm-hmm. ramifications and the repercussions from that um so and that, there are times a command decisions appropriate this was we blew through our financial reserves and we really needed to course correct or mm-hmm. we would default on a mortgage true so, so yeah. there and it was a an unfortunate situation 
and I'm embarrassed to say it was on my watch, but right. the, yeah. but the point was, you, know, you and I talked earlier about there are times empowerment's appropriate, and mm-hmm. there are times, times that it's not. something goes wrong and it needs immediate and decisive action. Letting it run will cause a negative outcome for a lot of stakeholders who mm-hmm. trusted us. Exactly. So it's almost like... A, a, how many levels of trust are there? Mm-hmm. You know, there's the trust level of the people who are working with you or your board or whatever, but then there's the trust level of, of your consumers or whoever. Mm-hmm. And so where, where in essence, mm-hmm. can you break trust and be mm-hmm. okay without totally bankrupting the company or whatever it is mm-hmm. that you're working yeah. with? Yeah. So uh, I use that as the illustration, just that do what you say you're going to do is – complicated mm-hmm. when be. we're dealing with real life situations yeah. that many leaders face on a daily basis. Well, and we talked too about, you know, you're not going to have a discussion if the building's burning down. You're you're going to yeah, you're going to get everybody out. <laughs> then we'll yeah. have the discussion. Exit here, exit there. Exactly. Yeah. And for us that was our building burning down mm-hmm. kind of moment. Yeah. We needed to and by taking the vote and being clear on our action, we had then the time to make an orderly transition. Exactly. But had we waited so that I could do what I said I was going to do, we we would have had a significantly different reality and a much worse for the organization mm-hmm. and for all the stakeholders. Yeah. So again, just that There's a sometimes lot of you have to repair trust. Yeah. There's a lot of moving parts mm-hmm. with what we do. And uh, it's a question of, you know, what's what's the lesser of two evils? Mm-hmm. So back to skills. Mm-hmm. Trust is the first one. Right. Um, and go, along with that is the whole no like and trust. It's choosing. Mm. Uh, we're back to choosing the people who complete you. Okay. Um, that's, I think, one of the key things is. But not in, in a dating kind of no. thing. Yeah. Different skills mm-hmm. augment our, our abilities. Yes, that their genius deficits. is different. Yeah, that their genius is different from ours. Mm-hmm. So that you don't have a whole organization of yous. That would be tragic. Yeah, because you won't go anywhere. Hmm. You will never see your vision because you're constantly infighting and or having people leave because I'd, I'm a clone of yours. Well, it's the lumpy beach ball. Yeah. There are things I don't do well and I don't attend to and I don't want to attend to because I don't like them. Mm-hmm. My business partner is brilliant in those things. And sometimes he brings up stuff I don't want to hear because it's the stuff I don't like. Well, and that's what I used to do with with the professional associations was every year when the board changed, mm-hmm. one of the first activities we did is list all all the things that you have to do and then circle the ones you really like to do and I'll do everything else. And it worked brilliantly and they were happy. Yeah, a colleague of mine does something very similar and would say, what do you like and where are your skills? Mm-hmm. And you do then the things with the highest score, but somebody has to generate the invoices and make exactly. the receivables calls. Exactly, which right. is my job. <laughs> yeah, we we would be in bad shape if that was my job. Yeah. <laughs> again, know what know what you're not good at. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Next skill. That's what I have. Okay. Uh, besides, you know, th- we talked about vision, making mm-hmm. sure that you have a vision and those kinds of things, a- and know their vision. Yes, and align. All, all the visions so that you're all moving in the same place. Also, their goals. So mm-hmm. knowing on a weekly basis, monthly basis, you know, what do you want to accomplish this month? Where are we going? And being able to make sure that the resources and whatever are there so that they can make them happen. Direction. Do you know where you're going? Um, and that kind of thing. Delegation. Mm-hmm. We, talk, we had a long piece on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and providing feedback. Um, I have a rather unique way of doing feedback. I don't like sandwiched feedback. 
Tell them something good, tell them something bad, tell them something good. Mine's a little more complicated, but I used to do this with salespeople. Mm -hmm. We take them out, they do their first sales call, come back, and you're really there to beat yourself up after Mm -hmm. that call about what you didn't do well. The after action kind of. Yeah, so the first thing is, so what went well? Okay. What do you really like? What what were the things that you Mm -hmm. really liked about that call? And that's it. Then, because we were usually doing multiple calls in the day, Mm. just before we went to the next call, I said, so on this call, I want you to try this one thing. Something that they had Well, you would tell them. They didn't tell you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, because... I didn't, again, I didn't want them necessarily beating themselves up, but it was, Mm -hmm. it's sort of like a like best next time kind of thing. Next time, think about this. Mm -hmm. And we'd also have a dialogue as to what Mm -hmm. would that look like. So it wasn't, again, a command of you're Mm going to do that this this time. It was this time, try this. Mm -hmm. How would that look? How would that sound? Having a dialogue and then Mm -hmm. go in and do it. Rather than telling them, and then six weeks later, they go out and do something else. Mm-hmm. I had I had a, an upline, is probably mm-hmm. the best way to call her, who wanted us all to sound like her in delivering a presentation. And I said, don't tell me what you want me to do next time until I'm going to stand up and do it because I won't remember. Right. And so that, that to me was really key. But continuous feedback, letting them know what's going well, what's not going so well, mm-hmm. where can they make changes. And getting feedback from them. I, I was going to say, I yeah. wonder, yeah, what, yeah, what do you think a, went well? A, what do you yeah. think di- yeah. you would do differently? Yeah, it's a two-way street mm-hmm. um, so that you as the leader are also getting feedback on how are you doing? Yeah. You know, if I'm going in one particular direction, they're going, eh, that's not working. Tell me, um, kind of thing. And then solving problems together. You have a problem, bring it in with a solution. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about it. That's key. Yeah, that was the the monkey in the middle of the room. Mm-hmm. You know, we've all heard that, but we don't always all do it. No. Well, and oftentimes the leader doesn't allow you to do that. Mm-hmm. It's like you come in with, with a, a challenge, maybe mm-hmm. a crisis, whatever, and you instantly go into crisis management without hearing what that person has thought about. Because hmm. they yeah. know they yeah. know the problem best. Right. And that is the the empowerment piece. Exactly. So as we wrap up, Linda, first, thank you for being here. And for our guests, how would they get a hold of you? The easiest way to get a hold of me is to email me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's at Linda at dare, the number two, leadwithlinda.com. Okay. Yeah. Dare to lead with Linda.com. Okay. Okay. Great. And I should know that because I've emailed you a bunch of times. You have. (laughs) (laughs) So for our listeners, I hope you heard something from Linda that you can take away and put into practice in your own leadership in the next week. So something about building trust, something about accountability, something about how we empower others and still maintain ownership of the results. Mm -hmm. You know, How do we invite others to participate in a way that helps them own their own brilliance and align with the organization's mission? So I would love to hear from you. My email is info at metcalf-associates.com or on Facebook, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. We look forward to connecting with you next week. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time 
on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then. Drive and thrive and have a great week.